Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 18th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And how about that data? No, not, that's probably not doing doing it for you. Uh, of course, uh, the Memphis Grizz, uh, coach Dave Fisdale causing all the headlines in the NBA playoffs on Tuesday with his tirade against the referees after the San Antonio Spurs defeated the Memphis Grizzlies 96-82. And what was a entertaining game? The Grizzlies made a nice comeback to bring a 26-point lead down to four. Uh, but too much Kawhi Leonard, 34 points on 14 field goal attempts and 19 for 19 from the foul line. Fisdale was not happy with the officials. Got our first good press conference of the playoffs. So I guess Paul George has been providing some some uh, some wonderful nuggets as well um, throughout the playoffs. So again, so uh, just recapping the playoffs for those that care. Cleveland Cavaliers defeat the Pacers pretty easily. Um, had some struggles there at the end. They kind of let a big lead slip, but never really in doubt. And the Spurs hold off the Grizzlies. Both of them are up 2-0 in their respective series. Three more games coming up on Tuesday uh, for all those still following the NBA and not just paying attention to the Magic. Some scuttlebutt with the Magic going on. Uh, there was some talk. Uh, I'll talk about that in just a moment. We'll talk a little bit about that and continue our What Went Right and What Went Wrong series with the Magic. We'll focus in on kind of the dichotomy of styles that the Magic played and what went right and wrong with those. But before we get going with anything else, I do want to say a quick word from our pals over at SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long, long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. I know some of you are probably aware of or excited about or maybe completely unaware of Thursday's game for the Orlando Solar Bears. The Orlando Solar Bears are in the playoffs, the Kelly Cup playoffs, playing the their in-state rivals, the Florida Everblades, one of my favorite hockey names, by the way, one of my favorite hockey team names. They were the road team, and they they went down to Estero, which is near Fort Myers, and beat, it's by Naples, sorry, not Fort Myers, near Naples, and beat the Everblades twice. They're coming home to a 2-0 series lead. They play Game 3 Thursday and Game 4 Saturday. Uh, judging by how the final series of home games went for the Solar Bears, tickets will go fast. And if you can't get them at the box office, the best place to get Orlando Solar Bears tickets for the Kelly Cup playoffs at the Amway Center is through SeatGeek. I've already checked. There are plenty of good seats available if you are unable to get tickets that you want for these big playoff games. 
SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert, and there's plenty of great concerts coming to the Amway Center as well this offseason. And in addition to, of course, Orlando City games uh, occurring down at the Orlando City Stadium, if you haven't checked that out, be sure to do that as well. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, and you save time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you have to do to get your $20 rebate on tickets. Download the SeatGeek app. It's pretty easy. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOMAGIC. That's L-O-M-A-G-I-C. No star involved. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. And that would actually be pretty funny if they started involving emojis in uh, in passwords and in uh, promo codes like that. And then we could actually get a M star GIC uh, like, like the old days. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, there's, there's beginning to be some scuttle, but a little bit of a rumor mill developing uh, when it comes to the Magic's GM job uh very quietly because this this tournament doesn't have as much um prestige as it once did uh the uh, Portsmouth Invitational Tournament which is a tournament for the top seniors uh entering the NBA draft so the top college seniors play a big tournament up in up at Portsmouth um all the GMs are there or a lot of the GMs are there a lot at least a lot of staffs are there and then we're beginning to hear some chatter, and Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders began kind of talking and throwing some names out there of people that seem to be on the Magic shortlist. A lot of the names are names that we're familiar with. Pat Garrity was a name that was mentioned as possible as a day-to-day GM working under a president of basketball operations. Um, that is a name that's been thrown around a lot. Uh, Kyler also seemed to report that that the Doc Rivers uh, stuff seems to be quieting down for now, that Doc is committed to staying with the Clippers. I have heard the same, actually, from from some sources that uh, where there's a lot of steam picking up about Doc Rivers maybe jumping from the Clippers to the Magic. That has almost slowed to a halt, but obviously things can change very, very quickly in this league. Uh, so for now, I, I wouldn't count on that happening as much as maybe it was believed earlier uh, a few weeks ago. Again, things change very, very quickly. Just keep watching Clippers Jazz. They play on went on Tuesday, um, I believe, uh, in uh, in L.A. Um, he's focused on that, obviously. Uh, and then you have a couple of interesting names as well pop up uh, in the rumor mill. Again, these are just rumors at this point. I think the Magic are still developing their list uh, as far as who they want to chase after as a general manager, but there were some interesting names to say the least um, that that at least Kyler threw out there. I believe it was Steve Kyler. Let me double check that. I don't want to get anyone else in trouble. Yeah, Steve, Steve Kyler, Basketball Insiders. You can find this article up on basketballinsiders.com. I'll share a link on orlandomagicdaily.com in the coming days. Um, it does appear that the Magic will try and interview Travis Schlenk. He is the assistant general manager for the Golden State Warriors uh, and a guy who started his NBA career in Orlando as a video coordinator. So he is someone that um, has some ties to the to the organization, obviously comes from a good pedigree and a good background with the Warriors, a good culture. Um, if you're talking about teams with a, a winning culture and tradition, uh, right now that's the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you know, Outside of the Spurs, the Warriors probably have the best, and if they can bring someone in who can try and replicate that, 
that's obviously a good step forward. Another couple names that that came up that I didn't think of that that do seem to have some currency and would probably fit a lot of the uh, criteria that the Magic want as far as looking for guys with experience and and people who will work with the front office and be collaborative and have had success. Um, Kyler suggested the Magic may chase after David Morway, who was a former... Uh, assistant GM with the Pacers. He worked with the Pacers when Frank Vogel was there. Um, he also was currently was working with the Sacramento Kings, but was uh, kind of let go and uh, or he was last with the Milwaukee Bucks. I tried to get in with the Kings, but the Kings went in the Vladi Divas direction. Um, so he could be someone. He was a president basketball operations type. He could be someone that the Magic chase after. And then also, it's looking like Kevin Pritchard, the current Pacers GM, could also be someone that is increasingly on the block with how Indiana struggled. Um, they've got some turmoil going on. Larry Bird's the president of basketball operations there, so you know they can they can they still have someone in charge there if they decide to move in a different direction. Pritchard's very very well thought of around the league, uh, and obviously has a relationship with Frank Vogel as well. Um, it, 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 again, these are just interesting names. They have connections to Vogel. They have some some uh, some connections. They have some connections. They have some pedigree around the league. They've had success in this league. Uh, and so I think that, that that those are potential options to Magic Go. A couple other names that he suggested. Jeff Weltman, the uh, tr- assistant, the general manager with the Toronto Raptors. Masai Ujiri is the president of basketball operations. Um, maybe they give, well, you know, Weltman, obviously he's done a good job. Obviously Toronto's done a very, very good job putting some talent together. They pulled together the Serge Ibaka and P.J. Tucker deal. So, you know, Magic had direct interaction with him, most likely. Maybe they give him a role that gives him a little bit more responsibility than he currently has in Toronto. Then another guy, uh, uh, Rockets executive Gerson Rosas. Don't know a lot about him, uh, but obviously you look at what Houston's done with their analytics department and what they've done as well with uh, with the, how they built their team together and, built, and continue to build it back up. I mean, you want to talk about a franchise that doesn't go away, it's Houston. They've had every reason to tank, uh, and Daryl Morey's has been very smart about the players, the kind of players that he acquires, how he puts teams together, uh, and how they stay competitive, yet willing, but still able to strike and get big-name players. I mean, they got James Harden in a trade after years of being in the playoffs. They cleared up the cap room to get Dwight Howard. They always seem to have enough cap room to go after guys in free agency, and so... Poaching from that tree doesn't seem like the worst idea. You know, obviously, I think Maury plays a little bit more of a role role there. Uh, like I said, when it comes to coming to these names, I, I mention it because it does seem like the rumor mill is beginning to churn. We suggested a few names up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com already. Uh, you know, there was more speculation on our part. This probably has a little bit more legs to them. I do trust Steve uh, t- on his reporting on this. And, and again, it. With rumors, the the thing is, it's always kind of an in-the-moment thing. Things change very, very, very quickly in this league. And so, right now, it feels like the Magic are beginning to just kind of compile a list. And it seems like the discussion, the, the rumors going around Portsmouth are, who are the Magic going to interview? Who are the Magic going to put on this short list? doesn't mean the Magic have any of these guys on their list quite yet. It doesn't mean that the Magic are ready to begin bringing people in for interviews. I don't think that's the case at all. We're less than a week away. I think the Magic are still kind of gaining some intel and figuring out who they have available to them. What are their options? What direction do they want to go? I don't think that they you know thought three, seven, you know, three four, five steps ahead here uh, as far as uh, who they're going to chase after. I think the decision to fire Hennigan came about with finality very quickly. If you're already looking for 
you know, GMs, you know, maybe that, you know, not that they didn't discuss it very quickly, but that, you know, the, the final decision came relatively close to the end of the season. Um, you know, perhaps they started building that list already, but, you know, you want to talk to some people, you want to, you want to get your ducks in a row before you start bringing people in for interviews and figuring out uh, where you go from there. So, this is all to say the rumor mill is starting to churn. It does appear that there are very qualified candidates out there. The Magic currently have the only open GM job in the league. That is a scarcity. There's only 30 of these jobs out there. And so right now, of of people who want to become GMs next, the Magic do have the pick of the, pick of the litter. Uh, Kyler seemed to suggest that the Magic will try and have a new GM in place by the NBA Draft Combine in early May. That starts May 9th in Chicago, I believe. Um, we'll see if that happens. I think the Magic will be chasing after some some executives that are going to be heading pretty deep into the playoffs. So I don't anticipate anything done by then. I would anticipate something done by the draft lottery. If not by the draft lottery, shortly thereafter. Memorial Day is kind of the... The, the time frame that, that I've got targeted for when the Magic should have a new GM in place. We'll see what happens. The rumor mill's just starting to turn. You can hear the, the wheels creaking a little bit. It's going to pick up pick up more as the playoffs go on. Uh, there's just a lot of basketball executives in one place right now. They tend to talk, and that talk tends to get to the media. And so that's, I think, what we're seeing. Um, good to see some good names out there. Good to see some some interesting names out there. And I do think that the Magic do have a desirable job. People who want to work with Frank Vogel, people who've had success, people who uh, can do all the things that the Magic need a GM to do right now to kind of save this ship. So keep an eye on that. We'll have plenty more on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well as talk a little bit about them on Lockdown Magic as the wheel gets spinning a little bit faster. But just know that it does appear a short list is emerging and more likely than not, the guy that the Magic are going to hire is not even on this list. That they that they're still they're still striking. They're still putting names down on a list, figuring out who they need to interview, who they need to get a little bit more information on, and where to go from there. So there's that. That's the update, and uh, we'll we'll move on from there back to uh, season preview. Spent a little bit longer on that than I wanted to, but let's go back to the season recap. Not season preview. Season recap, uh, this is, of course, our What Went Right, What Went Wrong week over on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We're going to spend each day analyzing one aspect of the season that went right, it's not a lot, and one aspect of the season that went wrong. So, let's start with what went right. Yesterday we talked a lot about Frank Vogel and the job that he did both well and poorly for the Magic. Today we're going to talk a little bit about style of play. And undoubtedly... What went right this season? Undoubtedly, you know, let's let's start let's start here with this overarching theme. The Magic all season were searching for identity. That was that was really even the the focus for this team in the pre in the off season. They had spent a lot of time just kind of collecting talent and 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 not being able to put everything together, and they were unable to get the kind of uh, the kind of identity that they really needed to become a, a good basketball team. Nothing ever developed on the court to say, this is the kind of team the Magic are. And so this offseason, they tried to, to force it a little bit. They went out and got certain... They, I mean, and, and, and Hennigan always had the vision of being a strong, defensive, versatile team. 
He always had that vision, that that's the kind of team he wants the Magic to be. And so he tried to force it in this year where the Magic felt like they needed to take that next step. And so they went out and got Serge Ibaka. They went out and got Bismack Biombo. They got Frank Vogel, a defensive-minded coach. And they tried to become a strong defensive-minded team. They tried to force it almost. There was a bit of calculus and, and, and calculated risk here. And, and Vogel said this during his exit interview on Thursday, or to the press during during exit interviews on Thursday. He said they believed that in acquiring Ibaka, that Ibaka would have the versatility to play out on the perimeter some and give them a size advantage on offense. That, of course, didn't happen. And instead, all that size and the lack of shooting that the Magic had only served to congest the paint and make it harder for the Magic to score. And the offense got stuck in a rut. And with the defense struggling, that led to disaster. The good news is for the Magic, they seem to have found something on the offensive end toward the end of the season. The Magic were a significantly better offensive team after the All-Star break. There is no denying this. Their offensive numbers were up. Before the, before the All-Star break, they had a 100.5 offensive rating. After, it was 102.9. And it wasn't, and, and while that's a modest increase and the Magic were still in the bottom 10 in offensive efficiency, it showed some signs that this is how the Magic can play. From the very beginning of the season, Frank Vogel said he wanted his team to be a, a running transition team, to use their athleticism in the in transition to get easy baskets. And, and that's kind of a generalist statement, of course. Like, a lot of teams say that. Especially a lot of young teams. But with the Magic's defense and the Magic's foreseeable offensive shortcomings, it felt like a necessity that the Magic had to, had to get stops and turn those stops into transition baskets. And of course, when that didn't happen, the whole house of cards collapsed. Adding Terrence Ross to the mix, replacing Serge Ibaka with Terrence Ross, and while Ross didn't shoot the ball particularly well, did seem to have a measurable effect on the team. Like I mentioned, the offensive rating jumped by more than two points per 100 possessions. Instead of ranking 19th in pace, 98.4 possessions per game, the Magic were ninth in pace after the All-Star break, 100.8 possessions per game per 48 minutes. Their fast break points jumped from 13.3 to 16.0 fast break points. Orlando was beginning to play at a faster pace. And that seemed to fit their roster better. And it was very simplistic. I mean, I I, I don't think we fully recognize how much of a shift the Magic had to make to play this style. The Magic had to go learn on the fly how to be a completely different team. Aaron Gordon moved from the three to the four, but it wasn't just that. It was everyone had to learn new responsibilities in the offense. Their style had to change. And with the limited practice time that the Magic had, no training camp to learn the, the finer points of this, 
the Magic looked like a functioning offense for a change. It looked like this experiment could really work. This experiment could work. Not the old one, the, the new one. You had to look no farther than Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton was a different player after the All-Star break. He averaged 13.5 points per game, 7.0 rebounds per game, and 8.4 assists per game after the All-Star break. He became almost a walking triple-double, five triple-doubles after the break. And it felt like a much more natural fit for him to play this open court style. We know about Peyton's shooting troubles. But with the floor spread out more, with Gordon still hanging around the perimeter, but a much bigger threat to cut now that there's only one big in the paint, with Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier kind of flanking him, he had the space to get into the paint. The number of jump shots that he took after the All-Star break decreased dramatically. And that's a good thing because he was able to get to the basket and cause the defense to collapse. And that was what the Magic were missing before the season. So give this team a training camp. Give Vogel an opportunity to game plan and build a roster to fit this style. And there's very clearly elements that can work, no matter what direction the Magic go in the draft, whether they keep Alfred Payton or not. They keep Alfred Payton. Payton is more successful in this style of offense. We're just talking about the offense here. And in a season that seemed so bereft of hope, that seemed like it didn't have a lot going for it. The way the Magic closed the season, despite a, a very modest 8-16 and record that is a 3-33 win percentage, pace for 27 wins on the season. That's obviously not going to get the job done. It did seem, though, that the Magic found a style of play that can work for them. That can generate more offense. And, at the very least, gives them a blueprint to chase after players that fit a style. There's a more defined offensive style now. And with Vogel, you trust that he can teach defense. That he can create a defensive scheme that fits the roster. He did it with Indiana, and he says he's very comfortable coaching both styles. The The, the plan to try and replicate what he had in Indiana somehow with the, with the two bigs clearly didn't work. But... He believes that, that that he can also coach this this faster paced style of team. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Only time will tell if that's the case, and only time will tell if this is the direction the Magic truly decide to go. But it does appear 
that Orlando can have success playing this way. And I think that does mean something. Yes, the initial experiment failed. And that's why the Magic are where they're at right now. But perhaps they discovered a way to play moving forward. A lot of that's going to depend on how the roster looks, of course. But I think that the Magic should stick to this style. I think it can work even if they bring back a lot of the players from last year. I think that that style fits this roster and this league a lot better. We'll worry about the defense on another day. But offensively, I think that the Magic can can develop this offense a lot more over the summer. And I think that is a very good thing for this team. Of course, the other side of that coin is that the beginning of the season was an unmitigated and complete disaster. And it doesn't all fall on Serge Ibaka's shoulders. It absolutely does not all fall on Serge Ibaka's shoulders. By all accounts, he was the Magic's best player for a long stretch. But it does fall that Serge Ibaka, the whole Serge Ibaka experiment was a failure. And I, you know, even though individually he played very well, 15.1 points per game, 6.8 rebounds per game, shooting 48.8% from the floor and 38.8% from beyond the arc. He played well for the Orlando Magic. But he didn't give them enough of what they needed. And the Serge Ibaka was something that went wrong this season. Like I said, the Magic spent their offseason searching for identity. They brought in Serge... For four years, we said Nikola Vucevic needed a rim-protecting power for to help him out at the basket. To make the Magic... To unlock the Magic's defense. They needed a Serge Ibaka. And when they finally got Serge Ibaka, it didn't seem to matter much. It didn't help very much defensively. Ibaka in Orlando had his lowest defensive box plus minus of his career. 0.4 defensive box plus minus. This season, he had his fewest defensive win shares since his rookie year. 2.6 total 1.7 1.7 with the Magic. He was a plus 0.4 defensive box plus minus. It wasn't that Ibaka was poor defensively. He just wasn't as good as the Magic needed. He wasn't the Serge Ibaka the Magic needed. The Magic needed last year's playoff Ibaka, where he was blowing up pick and rolls, taking the Golden State Warriors completely out of their game, beating up the San Antonio Spurs. That's the Serge Ibaka they needed. And... Maybe Ibaka can't reach into that tank anymore. Because throughout the season, it seemed like he was always a step slow. Like he wasn't able to rotate over and contest the shot coming to the rim. Or stop the guy with the ball. Some of it's certainly on the Magic defenders. The Magic defenders were not as good as the Oklahoma City defenders. And some of it too is the Magic just fell out of games. And as they fell lower and lower in the standings, I think the motivation to reach into that well became less. Ibaka had never been a leader before, and the Magic asked him to be the team's leader. And without going, thinking too much into stuff I don't know, it didn't seem like he stepped to the forefront. It didn't seem anyone stepped to the forefront. Maybe Biombo did a little bit. But the Magic needed 
an all-star level Ibaka to make this whole thing work. And again, Ibaka didn't have a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. He was Orlando's best player. But he didn't make anyone else around him better. And you don't necessarily expect that on offense. On offense, you expect him to, to take his shots when he gets them. He's not a great passer. You don't expect him to make everyone else better offensively. But you expect him to make everyone else better defensively. And that part didn't happen. He didn't make his teammates better defensively. And that's where this whole season turned. Is Orlando needed that to happen. And of course, Orlando gave up a lot to get Serge Ibaka. They put a lot of eggs in that basket. And so to see that part fail or struggle... is a big reason why the Magic season failed and struggled. I don't think this is a crazy take at all. I don't think this is a crazy take to say that. That Ibaka, in one breath, could be the Magic's best player all season. And that he was a gross disappointment as well as not exactly what the Magic needed. That's no one's fault. I mean, I think the gamble was still the correct gamble. I will still say the Magic needed to take a risk like this. And it didn't pan out. And, to again, to Rob Hennigan's credit, he got out of it. They knew they cut their losses with Ibaka, made sure they didn't lose him for nothing, and they got a solid potential role player in Terrence Ross, potential starter, and a second draft pick in this upcoming draft. I don't think that's nothing. But, again, it was an admission of a failure on their part that this season did not work out the way that they hoped. Before we tune out today, like I said on yesterday's podcast, and this, I, need a, I need like theme music or a drop or something here because it's time for hashtag one lottery per day. Let's go to tank. Let's go to our good pals at Tankathon and sim this lottery. Where do the magic end up? With the third pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets pick. With the second pick, this is a this is a fun lottery. With the second pick, the New Orleans Pelicans get to keep their pick. I know. I know our good pal Will is going to be happy about that. And with the first pick. The Philadelphia 76ers swapped their pick with the Sacramento Kings. So, where did the Magic end up in that scenario? Well, first, the good news, because two teams jumped more than five picks. Philadelphia jumped to seven, jumped seven, or Sacramento jumped seven spots to one. New Orleans jumped eight spots to two. So that pushes everyone down two spots. So that means the Magic get the Lakers 2019 pick. It means the Lake, the and at five, it means Philadelphia falls to six. That pick gets swapped and goes to Sacramento, and Orlando falls to seventh. This is essentially almost the worst possible scenario for the Magic. 
This is essentially the worst possible scenario for the Magic. Um, there's one scenario if, if Boston had fallen out and pushed them down uh, to, to eight when, with another team making a big leap. So the, the, lo- the lowest the Magic can pick in this draft is eighth. Picking seventh would not be good for the Magic. This is not a good lottery for Orlando. But it's something that could happen, and I'm glad we simulated it here, and it's not real. So that's our one lottery per day. Philadelphia, New Orleans, Boston, your top three. Orlando picking seventh. Not ideal. We've done this two days now, and Philadelphia's ended up with the top pick both days. Let's hope that doesn't happen. I I think we're all tired of Philadelphia getting rewarded for their losing. I know I'm tired of it. So let's let's not let that happen. Send us your one lottery per day. Send us a screenshot of your of your sim, of your simulated lottery where the magic end up. We're going to run through all these different different scenarios as we lead up to the to the lottery. Uh, so send us your one lottery today, lottery per day. Use the hashtag one lottery per day. Send them to at locked on magic on Twitter or at O magic daily on Twitter. Be sure to follow both those accounts. You can also like us on Facebook at locked on magic, as well as like us on like Orlando magic daily on Facebook at Orlando magic daily. Of course, subscribe to the podcast on audio boom, iTunes, tune in stitcher, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. Uh, I think that about does it for today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of our What Went Right, What Went Wrong series as we continue our season recap the week after the NBA season ends for the Orlando Magic. Uh, And of course, we'll have plenty more thoughts on the playoffs and all that good stuff. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.